So what made you take the leap into owning your own restaurant? You know, I, I, I knew that uh, uh, my time was well served in McDonald's and I was looking for something to do. And uh, I knew I had a passion for the food uh, and I knew people, I, I knew they liked the food. I didn't know they loved the food. So uh, my neighbors, I've really, for 10 years, they've been saying to me, why don't you open up a Cuban restaurant? It's going to be uh, really good for the area. And uh, I found this place uh, that we're sitting in now uh, at, uh, in Pau. And I, it, it was an old Domino's pizza. And it, it, it felt very quaint. It felt like something that I could uh, make homey. And uh, um, I, I said, well, let, let's, let's give it a try. I talked to my wife about it. And she says, you have two years. Uh, so so I'm, I'm just finishing up my first year. December 17th will be the first year I've been uh, in operations. This is Craft Beers and Cheat Meals with the Clydesdale Crossfitter. I am Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale Crossfitter. My friends and I like to hang out and relax over craft beers and really, really good food. We want to take you on a journey as we discover these new and exciting places. Come along for the ride. If you enjoy these podcasts, please hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a really good rating. Thank you for joining us. Now off to this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Craft Beers and Cheat Meals with the Clydesdale CrossFitter. We are live tonight at Pablo's Havana Cafe in Pal. I've got with me a crew of people. I got the, the Matt and Colleen Zetzer. They're here. What's up, guys? Hey, how you doing tonight? Thanks for having us. Uh, I've got Brent and Nicole McCarty. Hey, guys. Hey, Scott. How are you? And with me, I have the owner of Pablo's Havana Cafe, Pablo. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me, Scott. Uh, so with this um, podcast, we're visiting different breweries and mom-and-pop eateries uh, that we think people should know more about. And so a couple weeks ago, my wife and I came in here with Matt and Colleen, uh, and we tried the food, and it was amazing. So Thank I you, wanted Scott. to spotlight uh, your cuisine here at Pablo's Havana Cafe. Uh, so with that, the food, I, I've lived in Florida before. I lived there for four years, got really good Cuban food in Florida. Since I left there, been hard-pressed to find a good Cuban sandwich uh, until I came here. So where did you come from, and, and why, why do you have that in you uh, to make good Cuban food? Well, Scott, uh, I was actually born in Cuba, and even though I came at a very uh, young age, I was six years old, uh, we're, my family was really culturally uh, diverse. They did not want to let go of uh, Cuba and all of the culture, and a, a big part of our culture is sitting down to eat. So uh, as a kid, I didn't really appreciate it, but every night, Mom and Dad would, no matter what, would cook a nice Cuban meal. And I really, you know, didn't realize that till I was in my late 40s that I was missing something in my life, and it was the Cuban cuisine. Uh, when I moved to Powell, Ohio, I could not find any good Cuban food. So I ended up calling mom and say, hey mom, how do you make this? Hey mom, how do you make that? And before you knew it, I was making all of the food for the kids, the neighbors, etc. So um, it's, this has been a great thing, opening up the restaurant. It's been a really nostalgic trip 
for myself and my family. Uh, talking to people about the food, talking to people about Cuba has uh, it, it's uh, you know it sounds corny, but it's been a real spiritual journey uh, for me. Uh, uh, and and a lot of people like yourself and your friends that came in uh, are. I'm starting to believe the food is really good because all you people are telling me that it's pretty good. It is. So. <laughs> it, it's amazing. Uh, so when you came from Cuba, where did where did you land with your family then? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go back a little bit and give you a little bit of history. Back in the 60s, there was something called a lottery in Cuba. So my parents uh, signed up for the lottery, and we got it uh, in 1967. And what ended up happening was that the government said, okay, you can leave the country, but we keep all your uh, belongings. So they kind of like close your house or apartment at that time. We had a nice apartment in Havana right off of the uh, beach. And uh, uh, they said, you can't go back there. You have to find a place to stay until your time comes. So we did that. We went to my grandmother's house and stayed there. And then we flew into Miami. Uh, and there was a place called Casa de la Libertad, the House of Liberty. And that's where all the Cuban exiles, uh, refugees, would go first place. And then you would be dispersed. Uh, so we spent like two days there. And my dad said, uh, uh, I want to go to a place that there's a lot of work. And out of all places, we wound up in Union City, New Jersey. And oh, wow. uh, back in the 70s, 60s and 70s, a lot of Cubans would go there for that reason. It was definitely cold. I mean, that was something we weren't used to. And I remember uh, getting off a plane uh, in December of 67 and that wind cutting through my face. <laughs> and, I, you know, as a six-year-old, you're like, what in the world is this? Uh, but... It, it, it was it was great for us. I, I mean, I'm a Jersey guy. I uh, grew up in the Jersey Shore. Uh, you know, I, I still I watch those episodes of Jersey Shore because I went to all those places, uh, and I love Seaside Heights. I graduated from Rutgers University. I know Ohio State kicks our butt every year. I get it. I get it. But but uh, yeah, I mean, um, a lot of the Cubans at that time there was a street in, in New Jersey, in Union City, New Jersey, called Bergen Line Avenue. Look it up. And it's uh, at the time it was like the biggest uh, street mall in the United States because it was like uh, miles and miles. I I, I want to say somewhere between five and fifteen miles, uh, definitely more than five of of, of uh, shops right next to each other. And a lot of Cubans, uh, you know, started their businesses there and did did really well because. Uh, uh, that's the one thing my dad always taught me, you know, work hard. And uh, he did. He always had two jobs uh, almost until his dying day, God bless him. So you said you came to PAL and you missed something. Uh, before you came here, what did you do for a living? Well, I've, I've gone through several journeys. Uh, when, when I went to, um, I worked in Manhattan uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself uh, at, while I was going to school. So I didn't know really what I wanted to be uh, uh, when I grew up. So I wound up in the um, hotel and restaurant industry in New York City um, just because my mom was working at the Grand Hyatt. And she said, why don't you try um, accounting? And I said, all right. So I started as a bookkeeper in a storeroom and then worked my way up through auditor and things like that. And before you know it, I said, well, I'm doing this enough. I may as well get an accounting degree. And that's where I wound up at Rutgers. Uh, went to school at night at Rutgers in Newark. 
and did like the New York City gamut for about 10 years. I was with uh, uh, Hyatt Hotels. Uh, then I uh, moved to uh, Soho. I, did, uh, I didn't move to Soho, but I moved my career to Soho and did like bookkeeping for a lot of those little up and coming wine bars, which was cool. I dressed in black for two years. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty neat. And, and I got to see a really cool part of New York because that's really cool to see. I met some cool people along the way. I also um, wound up uh, at Tavern on the Green, which is a very big landmark. And I was food and beverage controller there uh, for about a year. And uh, that was pretty cool because I, I got to work with some uh, really high-level people. And uh, uh, I, I was like back-of-the-house person, always numbers crunching. But I knew I, I had a passion for the food because, you know, when, you, when you're in the industry and you're back-of-the-house, you go out to dinner a lot. In New York City, that's what you do. You, you, you work hard, try to make a de decent living, and then at night you party like a rock star. So uh, I think I lived in New York City in the... Um, uh, I was I want to say like the late 80s and uh, I probably slept uh, two nights in two years uh, between work and going to school and of course you got to leave a little room for that uh, uh, party world that New York City has to offer. So what then brought you to PAL? PAL I wound up because I love my wife. <laughs> my, my, uh, my, my wife uh, is uh, not Cuban. Uh, she's uh, definitely a uh, a refugee from uh, Dublin, Ohio. That's what she was in uh, when she moved to Jersey. So she gave Jersey a shot for 10 years. And uh, then she ho showed me a house on a golf course uh, in Powell. I was never going to afford in New Jersey. So uh, we moved over here. And at the time, somebody was interested in my accounting firm. So um, it was just the right timing. The kids were at, were at an age and um, great school system here. Um, so we moved here. And I, I, second part of my life, I didn't know what I was going to do after I, uh, uh, I had, uh, you know, after I did all that stint in New York City, I eventually had my own accounting firm for a few years in New Jersey. So after I, I sold that, I took like a year sabbatical trying to figure out what I was going to do and uh, answered a little ad because my wife said, uh, you're playing golf and you're, it's time for you to find a job. <laughs> and... Uh, I answered a little ad in a paper, said, uh, managers wanted, will train, and out of all places, wound up in McDonald's. And I said, well, I'm going to try this uh, until I find something better, and uh, ended up there for 16 years. That's the oh, thing wow. I did before this. I, uh, uh, I, enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed it. McDonald's is uh, a great company, and uh, you, have to have, uh, you have to have it in your veins, though, to, to make it through that. It was great, great training for what I'm doing now. Uh, you know, on your feet a lot, high adrenaline, uh, lots of customer uh, service. So it, it really, really helped me uh, do what I'm doing right now also. So what made you take the leap into owning your own restaurant? You know, I, I, I knew that uh, uh, my time was well served in McDonald's and I was looking for something to do. And uh, I knew I had a passion for the food uh, and I knew people... I, I knew they liked the food. I didn't know they loved the food. So uh, my neighbors have really, for 10 years, they've been saying to me, why don't you open up a Cuban restaurant? It's going to be uh, really good for the area. And uh, I found this place uh, that we're sitting in now uh, at, uh, in Powell. And I, it, it was an old Domino's pizza. And it, it, it felt very quaint. It felt like something that I could uh, make homey. And uh, um, 
I, I said, well, let, let's, let's give it a try. I talked to my wife about it, and she says, you have two years. Uh, so so I'm, I'm just finishing up my first year. December 17th will be the first year I've been uh, in operations. Um, but quite honestly, guys, uh, the, what's driven me in the business have been the customers. The, the customers have kept me engaged. The customers have talked to me about the food. The customers ask all the questions about not only the food, but uh, where did it come from? And, and I didn't realize the, the history behind all the food of Cuba. You know, you, you start with our number one item, the Cuban sandwich. Which and, is amazing, I might uh, say. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so, you know, I can say this confidently, but when I started, I couldn't. Uh, we probably, we, not probably, we have the best Cuban sandwich north of Miami. And according to several customers, there's su there, we have Cuban sandwich and a lot of the place, a lot better than the p place they go into Miami. So um, we start the Cuban sandwich with very, uh, th with the pork. The pork is the key to it. So I take pork shoulders and I slow roast them for six hours. Prior to that, I marinate them for 24 and the marinated are is uh it's called naranja agria which is um uh, sour oranges and when i don't have that i'll give you a secret i use lime and orange uh, lime juice and orange juice or limes and oranges and that kind of does the same trick uh, but then I, I i poke a bunch of little holes in it spread a bunch of freshly uh, chopped garlic uh, some cumin some kosher salt and let that sit for 24 hours. Once that cooks, it's it, it, when you come here, you'll see that the, the juices just talk for themselves. The sandwich, when you bite into it, 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 it talks to you because it's so uh, tender. The uh, the bread, uh, I've, I've, it took me a minute to get the bread, but finally uh, uh, my friend Mike at Aldino's Bakery uh, helped me out because he goes to Tampa every year, and he said, I can make that Cuban bread for you. So that's the other part, that we have a really fresh, crispy bread to it. The rest of the stuff is really stuff you, f you can buy at Kroger's with Swiss cheese, mustard, pickles, uh, and honey ham. But the way we put it together, I think, um, just there's a lot of love. There's a lot, of, uh, there's a lot that goes into it that I'm not worried. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to try this at home. And they say, it doesn't taste the same. I said, I know, I know. It's, it's, a, it's okay. So I've actually attempted to make a Cuban, um, and it took me, I mean, it takes a long time to do it right. And a lot of people don't have the patience. Uh, now that I know that I can get something this good at a store, why, why spend all that time myself? But the one thing I did notice compared to other Cubans in this area is the meat's not dry, right? It is juicy, oh, yeah. uh, and that's important to the Cuban. And Brent, you just got yours, and you're, you've taken a few bites. It's, it's so good. And the bread is what – it, that's what makes a sandwich. You know, if you don't have the right bread for a Cuban sandwich – it's not a it's not a Cuban sandwich. It's the crunch, right? When you took the first bite, you got and the crunch. And there's a sweetness to it. it. It's it's delicious. Thank you. So, so Pablo, I have a question. I I recently just got back from Miami on a work trip, and that same weekend I came here with Scott and his wife, and I can attest to the fact that the food is as good, if not better, than what I had in Miami. So that, that's you. where I want to start with. But you kind of touched on a question I had around ingredients. Have you found anything that is difficult to get up here that maybe affects how you would make the same dish if you were back in Cuba or down in Miami? Well, def definitely uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio is a very, very hard to find things uh, uh, for uh, ethnic uh, cooking. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it, it's taken me probably a year of chasing vendors down and uh, kind of uh, trying to hold people down to to get them to get some of the products that we use. Uh, I, I've recently uh, found uh, this company called Diaz Foods, and uh, they deliver to uh, to the Columbus area, and they have a couple of ingredients. Uh, but you know, I, through I, I work with uh, Cisco, GFS. Uh, uh, Restaurant Depot, and you know, I find a little something here, a little something there. I, I get creative, uh, as you said, as you heard me say, when I don't have the naranja agria, the sour orange, I use uh, lime juice and orange juice or oranges and limes. Uh, but definitely, uh, we have a lot of unique dishes here that I didn't realize it. Like, we have this thing called croquetas, which is it looks almost like a mozzarella stick. Uh, but it, because it's breaded on the outside, but the inside has got Serrano ham. And I oh, took man. that for granted all my life that every party I would go to, there would be croquetas. And, you know, that was very hard to find up here. So, um, but th- there's, there's a lot of dishes to your, to your uh, question that we have got, had to get creative about our approach to making them uh, as ethnic as possible. Well, your, your passion and your love for this definitely comes through. And as I'm sitting here eating right now, I just want to say, and you'll hear it a thousand times, thank you, because this is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I want to expand on the menu part of this. And how did you decide what dishes were going to make your menu? Because uh, I know, I mean, there's a lot of Cuban foods, and you have to narrow it down to what you think represents you the most. So how did you do that? And well, did, your, I, did your family um, help you narrow you know, your history or your... Well, my, I think, yes, the history and the family are the, are the key elements behind that. Um, you know, these were, quite honestly, selfishly speaking, these were my favorite dishes when I opened. So the, uh, they were the ones that I remember my grandmother and my mom making for us all the time. So when we first started, we started with my, my kids growing up. You know, they played sports, and they were always looking for proteins to fill them up. So we have this dish called picadillo, which basically it's a ground beef uh, marinated uh, Cuban style. So I call it, it's a Cuban sloppy joe, but what it tastes, how we Cubanize it is we put it with white rice, and then we mix it all together with the white rice. And my daughter's over there. Maddie, how much picadillo did you have growing up? A lot? <laughs> so she she's just said, nodding her head. She just said a lot. So my my wife would say because you know they were they were like playing soccer and then from soccer we'd go to gymnastics and all of that. So when they were burning a lot of calories, so they started from like uh, one pound to two pounds. I was cooking like three pounds of this stuff just for uh, the two of them. Um, but yeah, so the, the menu was created a lot to do with what I thought. I liked and what I wanted to share with the community. So uh, when I first started, I call them, and there's still that name. They're called Platos de la Casa. They're plates of the house. And those were like um, the, the, the things that my, my mom really enjoyed making and I liked eating. So we had all that in common. Uh, so we have the picadillo, which I just explained. And we have the ropa vieja, which, strangely enough, it's like the number one selling main dish in our restaurant. Uh, so all it is is shredded beef, but it's made with uh, onions, peppers, and garlic. And then it brings it all together with a tomato sauce. And then that goes really, really well 
also with the white rice, black beans, and then the plantain. So it's 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 a, like an ensemble. So when you're eating this, you're you're getting a whole bunch of taste uh, uh, in in your taste buds, which I think is it, it, people have really uh, taken to that. So the ropa vieja. So picadillo. So, so before you go on from that one, I have to tell you, I had that two nights ago. That that is one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. Um, I could eat that three to four times a week. Thank you, thank you. That um, I know that you. When we were here uh, a couple of weeks ago, you said that you sell ten to one Cubans over anything else on your oh, menu. Oh yeah, by far. Uh, but I'll probably butcher this. But the ropa vieja, vieja, vieja. Uh, that best thing I've I probably top five things I've eaten in my life. That's very nice. Very humbling. Thank you so much, Scott. Um, the, the, yeah, the, it, it's just an, an easy item to eat, but it's very difficult to make just because the meat is tough, so you have to tenderize it. Uh, and, um, so we boil, we boil the meat out in chunks for a good four hours, and the most beautiful part about this is when you take the meat out, you've, got, you've, you've developed a consomme. So now you have the broth that we use for our red bean soup. So there's little chunks of meat, fat, and so we throw the red beans in there, and that creates a whole bunch of other tastes. So, uh, but yes, the Ropa Vieja is definitely a, a big hit at Pablo's Havana Cafe. We're, we're, we're going to need to order some more food real quick. <laughs> just, yes, please. Yes, please. Well, the next item I see on, on your uh, Platos de la Casa, uh, I'm trying not to butcher, I'm trying to respect your language, but... Um, is the rose con pollo, which uh, I actually had pollo, yeah. the first time I was in here. Very good. And that was really, really good Very as good. Well. I, Tender I, chicken, very moist. Um, and just, I think we all, oh. we all tried it uh, that we're here and just love that dish. Thank you. So uh, don't worry if you come here and you say a rose con pollo, we will serve it to you. That's <laughs> not a problem. Uh, but, yes, the two L's in Spanish make a yo sound. So, uh, yes, and that, that is uh, really my mom loves making that dish because uh, it's got so many tastes to it. So we started with a sofrito. So we started with uh, onions, peppers, and garlic, and olive oil. And then we let that simmer. Then we put chunks of chicken in it. Then we season that chicken as it's cooking uh, with a, a adobo, uh, salt, pepper, oregano, we put a little tomato sauce on it, a lot of wine, which is unbelievable, Gives it a, really brings the flavor. Once that's ready, we start putting the rice in and letting it work itself in there. And at the end, you have nice, soft uh, rice, and it has a yellow-orange tint to it. And then you can have it with the – and the chicken is already – so it's kind of all made together. So that, that's where all the taste uh, uh, become one. And there's a secret ingredient, which I will let out of the bag here. At the very end, and I'll try to post that video if you guys want to take a look at it. At the very end, right before the rice pops, you take a Budweiser beer and you pour it on top. And you'll see all the foam just being absorbed by the rice. Fun, fun part about cooking, and, and you'll taste it. Now that I said that, when you have it, you'll be like, oh, my goodness, I can taste the Budweiser beer. I thought you were going to say drink it, but you said pour it on. So, <laughs> so, so what I hear coming across is just your passion for your food, your culture. Talk to me a little bit about how you've shared that with your customers that come in because it comes across for us, but I'm, you know, I think there's a, a, a great story for you to tell, and I think you're building on that here. 
Yeah, that, that's the that's like I said at the beginning of uh, the podcast that uh, you know this has been a really really nostalgic uh, trip for me and uh, you know I've I've taken it with my customers you know my customers honestly have like that I wasn't expecting that and they come in and they ask me these questions and I'm like oh my goodness I haven't thought about that in 40 years I haven't thought about you know where I grew up, I never thought about my mom and her recipes, and I didn't think about my dad riding his little scooter in Havana, you know, I mean, all of these uh, things that have been really, really cool. Um, you know, I, I think that, I, I always tell people, I'm, I'm not a chef, nor do I pretend to be one, but uh, I'm someone that I, I really uh, enjoy the experience that I'm having with my customers and food. And to me, that, that says a lot about our place, that when you come here, you, you really come for an experience, and then you walk out of here saying, I just had some of the best food I've had ever. Uh, and and that, that, creates, uh, that, that creates a lot of uh, great feelings. That, that, that's really all it is. Um, if I can continue uh, uh, feeding folks and them walking out of here with great taste and, you know, uh, you just... You know, and, and great stories. And, and great stories. You said uh, your daughter works here. Is your wife here? Is, uh, uh, no, no my, my wife has to work so I can, uh, so I can play with my customers. Uh, so, so, yeah, my wife, Kelly, God bless her. Uh, she's uh, she, she's uh, holding down the fort and, uh, um, while we get this uh, off, off the ground. Uh, but, yeah, but she's, she's, she's been very supportive throughout the process. Uh, my son Matthew always comes and helps too. So uh, that definitely, when we opened, uh, my goodness, I could not have done it without my family. They were uh, an integral part of uh, uh, keeping me sane because I was losing my sanity uh, there at the beginning. But it's all part of opening up a business. I, I, I get it. Um, so um, I also want to talk about when we were here. You talked about how everything here is homemade, and as you're describing the food, it becomes very obvious because. You make your own um, consomme instead of buying something or broth or a stock like that. So, it can you expand on the fact that everything here is made homemade and? Yeah, I mean we have look per perfect. I, I believe in being transparent. I mean we have frozen fries. You know, uh, we have some croquetas that we will buy from uh, La Cena. Uh, you know, but uh, but we we are homemade dishes are all homemade and um, it takes it takes a lot of planning I mean our, our black beans were constantly they, they sell like crazy so our three soups which are black bean red bean and chicken those three are made from scratch um, again I keep talking about my daughter my, my son's gonna be upset because uh, uh, but but she <laughs> she said to me Do you, are you gonna make that soup that abuela my, my, my mother uh, makes the chicken soup and I said I'll give it a shot but I don't know if I'll make it as good as her and so I did it and now that's become one of the top selling items too I mean homemade chicken soup just think about it I take um, uh, like it, I think it's 12 to 14 it's in between 12 and 14 drumsticks and I just throw them in there with that same sofrito sofrito is the 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 base that we use to start everything which usually starts with garlic peppers and onions and I let that boil out, throw a little wine in there. Then we start throwing a bunch of ingredients, and we let it all boil out. 
at the end, once it, once it's boiled out and the chicken is cooked, then we take it out and we uh, take the debone it and throw the the chick the the chicken meat back in there. So you have like homemade chicken soup. So things like that have been uh, really really cool because I don't remember making things like that till really I started the restaurant <laughs> and I'm just like I said I'm being transparent and as long as my customers enjoy it I'll keep making uh, the things that uh, they are, they're enjoying so another thing I want to point out that we had a couple weeks ago was an appetizer that allows you to try all four proteins uh, that the restaurant makes and also gets to, you get to try the plantain the crispy plantain which are amazing. It's so good right now, uh, let me tell you. I have not had good plantain since I left Florida, and those were amazing. Can you expand on that? that yes, we have tostones relleno. When, when I was uh, designing the menu, I, 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 I knew I had to make it, some, make it so Pal Ohio would get to taste different things because we have quite a, 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 a versatile group of people that come in. So we have anywhere from people coming in that are uh, lived in Miami, uh, vacation in Tampa, spend their winters in Tampa, uh, Cubans. I'm waving to some of my Cuban friends that are leaving. Bye, guys. Thank you for coming in. Um, and uh, so, but there's a lot of folks that walk in the door saying, I've never tried Cuban food. And so I had to figure out something and approach that would make uh, sense for that. So that's when we came up with the uh, tostones relleno, um, which are, like Scott said, they're just the, uh, uh, the plantain, the green plantain, double fried, flattened out. Um, uh, sometimes we are able to make them in cups. Sometimes, if we don't have the cups, we just give you the plain plantain. And I call it an edible dish. So you, you're going to be able to eat the plate. And in that, you get yep. to taste our... Uh, award-winning, not award-winning, but, but it's a great pork, I'll which is the lechon. <laughs> the, le, the lechon that uh, 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 we use in the Cuban sandwiches. Then you also get to taste the ropa vieja, which is the shredded beef that Scott loves. And then you also get to taste the picadillo, which is what my kids grew up on. That's the uh, Cuban sloppy joe. And then we have a mojo chicken that we make. Uh, it's just shredded chicken, but we make it with uh, the oranges and limes and garlic so we can make a chicken sandwich also. So you can taste those uh, four proteins. And it's a really fun dish. I, the, the, the reason I really like it is because when I go through that same explanation that I just went through with you guys and I put the dish in front of people, I usually get like a big, wow, that looks really amazing well in fact matt actually has that in front of him right now uh, and he is scarfing it back yeah i'm sorry i can't talk right now <laughs> so so let me ask just on a side note what's on the menu at home if you do oh. all this here well uh opening back, up a new business <laughs> i have uh i i've been uh this has been home for the last uh uh year almost so uh generally uh Whatever my, my family wants, you know, I, I generally, uh, they, they, like, um, they like it when I make the picadillo for sure. And the cool thing about the picadillo is after you learn how to make it, it's, it's like one of these dishes you can knock out in 25 to 30 minutes. So, so it was a perfect, like, for working parents, my, my wife and I, and you, you know that the kids had another function. I get home early, and my wife's like, I'm picking up the kids. They're coming in to change. They got to eat and go to sports. So I could uh, knock out the picadillo really quick. Um, 
Now, I will tell you that for um, it's been a tradition. We uh, we celebrate uh, Nochebuena, the Cubans. Uh, the night before Christmas is the big eating holiday. So you ce- you celebrate the twenty fourth. Um, so uh, we do. I do. Uh, uh, it's 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 not a paella like you think of in uh, Spain, but it is a seafood. Um, extravaganza kind of thing with like with the arroz con pollo so instead of using chicken i use uh lobster uh clams mussels uh and shrimp and so i put that into that yellow rice with the garlic and the onions and uh, the taste of that and of course the very end what do we put what's the last ingredient that we're we all paying attention budweiser budweiser Budweiser. (laughs) so so that budweiser uh at the very end sinks in with all the uh, uh, great ingredients, so I'm, it's, it's fun. I'm going to need to know where you're doing that at. <laughs> you said Christmas Eve, right? You're, you're, you're all invited, what, what okay? What time does that start? <laughs> I'll, help the, I'll bring the Budweiser if that helps. Okay, okay, one can. That's all we need. <laughs> all right, so we've talked about kind of where you are right now, and I know that when we were here, you told us about a hiccup you had with your liquor license. Uh, so you're actually expanding. Yes, yes. With, uh, with, with a lot of uh, hard work and prayers, uh, we've, uh, we've managed to uh, secure a location right next to us. So we're looking at a big uh, uh, black uh, plastic right now that eventually we'll be taking down. And uh, we're going to have a room next door. That's, uh, we're going to call it La Playa Room. And uh, it'll be a nice uh, comfortable scenery. You'll you'll be very comfortable. We'll, we're going to make it available for private dining. But it, so this is this is we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. I I haven't opened it yet. Uh, I hope to open it sometime in uh, December. Uh, if you follow us on uh, our uh, Facebook page and Instagram, Pablo's Havana Cafe, uh, you'll see all of the uh, uh, the stories uh, behind it. And when we're open, we'll let you know. Uh, my vision is that um, once we open that, we will be able to serve uh, wine and beer. Um, I'm talking to a lot of the great, great local breweries that we have in Powell. Uh, uh, the guys in Noctera, which are great people. Uh, ill-mannered, also I love. Uh, even Olentangy uh, Brewery across on uh, 23. Everyone is, is extremely nice. Oh, and I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, my uh, partners in crime uh, right here. Uh, sorry. Uh, give, me a, give me a minute and I'll tell you. <laughs> Who's the, what's the brewery right across the street, Maddie? That Janice and I go to? No, right across the street. No. The Daily Growler. Oh, Don't yeah. kill me, Daily Growler people. I love you guys. I've spent more time at your place than any other place, okay? Um, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a great community, and so I, I'm going to try to serve some of the local beers, and uh, then uh, I'm talking to the uh, wine vendors because I'm, I'm going to try to have some nice uh, 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 Spanish wines as a specialty to do wine tastings, like some nice Riojas, um, and... Uh, and, and, yeah, and I'll have all the favorites. I'll have some cabs and some pinots and things like that. But at the same time, I'm trying to, 
I know that uh, our food goes really well with that. And I, what I'm really excited about is uh, Sunday brunches with uh, mimosas and sangrias. So oh, I think yeah, that absolutely. will go really, really well with our Cubans and arroz con pollo. And we serve uh, uh, breakfast all day on the weekends which, with chorizo. So how do you go wrong? You get black beans, white rice, scrambled eggs, and chorizo. And ho coming soon, you do uh, sangria or mimosas. I, I saw that on your breakfast menu which I did not see the first time I was here, I saw it this last time, that you make breakfast sandwiches with the Cuban bread. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, almost, I almost passed out when I saw that because yeah. that, that sounds amazing. Yeah, we, we haven't advertised very much because we're still staffing that, and, um, but it, it's, it's, it's coming, and it'll, it, there'll be a point where that will... I know after this podcast, I'll be full for breakfast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last question I'm going to have about the menu is uh, the dessert menu. Uh, we had the tres, tres leches. Tres leches, yes. Uh, that was top five desserts I've ever had. Thank you. Thank I you. I keep saying that, but I was just so in awe of your menu. It, it does have the tres leches has, a, has a, an impact when... When I tried it with the team for the first time, all of their hair stood up uh, because it was so good. Uh, it was, it's a lot of fun. The tres leche, it's like a very moist cake, so, but it's made with the three milks are condensed milk, uh, evaporated milk, and then whipping cream. So, uh, so it, it, it's, it's, it's a fun, fun uh, dessert, and at the end, we put icing on it, so it's very, very moist. Um, so ev everyone who has it really, really enjoys it. But don't forget about our flan also, which is um, also an extremely, extremely delicious dessert. And the, the cool thing about this, these are all homemade. They're actually uh, made here. Um, so you're, what you're getting is just as, as fresh as can be. Girls, did you want to say something about the dessert? So good. <laughs> They're making comments behind They're the microphone. They're yelling so good, so good. <laughs> and, and, and what it goes really well with that I would be remiss if I didn't talk about is our Cuban coffee. We have the best uh, Cuban coffee, uh, definitely. Okay, you talked me into it. <laughs> I need one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it, it'll keep you up. So, so we have the cafecito. Cafecito is like the black coffee that's traditional. Like in Cuba, people would just go to like a little corner, and it's like a little shot of espresso with a little uh, uh, sugar. The uh, most popular, where people really en are enjoying here, is called the café con leche, which is coffee and milk. That's the literal translation of it. So it has a little sugar in it, uh, but it has like that cappuccino uh, uh, look to it because of the steamed milk. Uh, but it, 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 on a cold night, I know uh, we, we, we're selling a, a lot of cafe con leche here. I, I think I've, uh, poor Starbucks across the street has lost a little business because uh, they can't do it. So we, we're enjoying serving that to our customers. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time. If people can't hear, we are live in the restaurant during the evening rush uh, and Pablo was so kind to take some time to do this with us. So thank you very much. No, thank you, Scott, and, and friends. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I... Hey, everybody. Uh, we had a little bit of a technical glitch at the end when we were saying goodbye to, to Pablo, but I want to thank him so much for giving us the opportunity, again, to be a part of uh, his restaurant and his journey. And the, and the food at Pablo's Havana Cafe is just simply amazing, and everybody really should try it. But I want to make sure that if you want to know more about 
uh, Pablo Savannah Cafe. You check him out on the web at pablosavannacafe.com or you can visit him in PAL. It is at 98, I'm sorry, 9685 Sawmill Road, PAL, Ohio. And they are located in the uh, United Dairy Farmers Strip Mall uh, right there before you get to Sawmill Road. So please check them out. Uh, it was a great experience to hang out with Pablo. I hope you learned a lot. I learned a lot about the Cuban culture. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Craft Beers and Cheat Meals with the Clydesdale Crossfitter. Again, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale Crossfitter. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit that like button or subscribe button. And feel free to give us a really good rating. We'd love to see that. Thank you so much again for joining us and we'll see you next time on Craft Beers and Cheat Meals with the Clydesdale Crossfitter.